Well, it's good to be up here today. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Jack Caldwell. I'm the director of Youth Ministries here. And uh, first off, I'd like to say, you know, for several weeks we've, we've known that this day was going to come. And uh, for several weeks, what I'm going to talk about today was already planned. But I love the irony that uh, the week after we all have to leave for, our, uh, you know, for a hurricane, that we're singing about stepping on clouds and, and we've got to go somewhere. And it, it just kind of, God works in mysterious ways. Um, but speaking, speaking of, of having to go places you don't want to go, um, again, a couple weeks ago, whenever we first started, uh, when I first started preparing for this, I didn't think that we would, most of us would be getting back from somewhere that we didn't want to go for a, you know, for a natural disaster. You know, I don't know about you, I've, I've been hearing all these stories of people going places, um, staying with relatives, you know, sometimes, you know, like you and about eight other people are staying somewhere and it's nice and tight and cozy and uh, probably wasn't a place you wanted to be. Um, and I don't know about you, but growing up and, and throughout my life, I've had many times where I was, I was forced to be in a place I didn't want to be. Um, whether it was by someone straight up telling me, you're going, mom, you know, it was someone like that, or maybe it was um, like the wrong information. When I was in college, I cheered at Georgia Southern, and uh, we would go off to um, games that weren't too far away, and we would drive in 15 passenger vans, and we would, we would head off to trips. Well, one time we were heading up to play at Western Carolina, which is in the, the hills of Western Carolina, and um, we were driving along. We'd been in the car for a long time, and we were pretty close. And so we're following the GPS. You know, nowadays everybody's like, get their phone out, and but we had the, you know, the, the right turn ahead. We had that GPS. And, um, and so we're listening. I'm in the front because I'm the responsible cheerleader. Um, and, uh, you know, I lost the, the straw, drawing of straws, but I was in the front helping our coach navigate. And so I'm looking at it. It's speaking to me in that nice, sultry voice. And, and uh, it's like, you need to turn left ahead. And I'm like, okay, we're turning left. Now, we're on a four-lane highway. We're going. It's, and we're, having, we're having a great time in a 15-passenger van. And it says, okay, you're going to take a left. And so we look at this left, and it's from a four-lane highway down to a two-lane highway. We're like, okay. And it's kind of heading like towards the mountains. We were in the valley. It turns us toward the mountains. And we're like, well, maybe it's a shortcut. You know, maybe it's cutting through. So we turn off the road and we're going and this, this two-lane highway goes down into a one-lane road that's paved. And then as we keep going, it's, it, it's like, it's saying we have, you know, about like three miles left. And, and it goes from a one-lane paved to a gravel road. And we're like, well, you know, I mean, this is mountain territory, you know, I mean, we're going to shoot out on the other side, it's going to be great. And, uh, and then we came to a creek in the road, to which we're like, the GPS can't be wrong, because, you know, that doesn't happen. So we forged the first creek, um, and we come to a second creek, and we're starting to doubt. Like, we're, we're, we're starting to think, okay, this is, this is probably not where it needs to go. Well, we forged that one because we don't have sense. And uh, we came to a third creek that was going to give our 15-passenger van some trouble. It was at this moment that we decided we were somewhere we didn't want to go. We were, there was a mistake. And in fact, actually, I have a picture to prove this actually happened. Um, that's us 
And it's hard to see in the background, you know, the, but uh, the, there's a creek behind us. And that was the point where, like, we need to turn around. And so we, we, we turned around, and we forged back to the two creeks. We got back, and it was actually a mile just down the road from where we turned off. Um, we were late. Uh, we were having to get ready in the car. We literally ran from the 15-passenger the van to the field to running out with the team, and it was, it was a, kind of a crazy day. Now, I don't know about you, you've probably had some point in time in your life where you had to go or you were, ended up going somewhere that you didn't really want to go. For a lot of us growing up, it was probably school, right? That was a place you had to go, you didn't want to go, you know? Maybe for you, um, for all the gentlemen in the room, maybe it's when you get to be a great husband and go shopping, and you know, you go to the mall and you find that comfy chair. You can see it everywhere you go. I was at the mall yesterday. And you know, you see all these, these guys sitting there just going, I could be watching football right now. But I love being married. You know, and so they're sitting, I mean, maybe it's there. Maybe for you, a place you don't enjoy, enjoy going or that you have to go. Maybe for some of us have experienced like traffic court. Right? You get a ticket, you, all right, you have to go. It's a lot worse if you don't, right? So you don't want to be there. You don't like going. Maybe it's something for you. Maybe it's obscure cousin's baby shower. And you're like, I don't even know their name. And you know, your, your mom's on the phone like, you better be there. And you're like, I'll be there. Right? We've all been in these spots to where we're having to go somewhere that is not desirable. But you know... What often happens in these places and in these moments is that in, in these times we often have, you know, some growth in us, right? You know, all of us husbands who've ever had to go shopping when we didn't want to, there's some growth in the marriage relationship that happens. You know, we have a heightened sense of purpose, whether it's our purpose is to get out of there or our purpose is to, to make sure to learn that cousin's name that's having a baby that, you know, you've only seen twice in your life. You know, you have a reliance on others. There's things that are good that could come out of going somewhere you don't want to go. And you know, it's honestly, it's the same way with God that he often leads us places we don't want to go. Today we're going to be looking at John chapter 4, and I'm going to be skipping through um, different sections of the story. So if you're like, man, I want to hear you know, the, fu the full thing in earnest Feel free to read later, not now. But, you know, John chapter 4, we're working the first half. And we're starting John chapter 4, verse 1, okay? So Jesus knew that the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. That's John the Baptist, okay? Though Jesus himself didn't baptize him, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Now there's something I want you to know that's very important to this verse is that he actually didn't have to go through Samaria. In fact, during this during this time, Jews typically would actually go around Samaria. If they had to go from Judea to Galilee, they would literally go around the border of Samaria. Okay, This actually added two days, roughly two days, onto their trip that they would have to be traveling. Why? Because they did not like Samaritans. 
They, Samaritans were a half-breed. Jews were, were very much against Samaritans. They would add two days onto their trip just to make sure they didn't run into a Samaritan person. That was the typical norm. And I, I want you to think about this. Jesus' disciples were Jewish. They were raised up in this society that would say that, no, 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 we don't go through Samaria we go around Samaria. That in, but Jesus goes, nope, we're going through it. And they're followers of Jesus, so that they're like, okay, we're going to have to go through You know, we don't usually think about the disciples of like the 12 racist disciples. But in all honesty, that's where they were. This is the culture that they were in. That they were not comfortable going through Samaria. My first point that I really want to get across today is this, is that God leads us to places we don't want to go physically. God leads us to locations that are not on our radar to ever visit. Why? Why would Jesus lead us to those places? Why would he come up and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to cut through this, this back alley. We're going to cut through this, this dodgy part of town. Why would he do it? Because one, it helps the disciples to trust in him. They're going to a place they don't want to go, so they got to trust in Jesus that this is why we're doing it. The same is for us, right? When we go somewhere we don't want to go, okay, we have to trust God that God is going to protect us, that God is leading us there, and that God wants us there, okay? Another thing is to help broaden their minds. Has there ever been anyone you just prefer not to run into? Yeah? Everyone just had somebody pop up in their mind, right? There's someone that you would, you would rather, you would walk around the building to make sure that you know, whether maybe they're a talker, you know, maybe that's the deal, you know, it's not, maybe they're not something bad, you know, like, they just like, okay, I have five minutes to get there, and it takes 25 minutes to finish that conversation, oh, they're coming, dodge, right, so you know, it may have happened today, you never know, right, but God is going, okay, you know what, I want to broaden your horizons for you to know that everyone is important, He's talking to his disciples going, Samaritans, the ones you hate, the ones that you don't even, won't even talk to, you won't spend time with, they're just as important as you are. You can imagine what kind of shock this was to them. And then the last part of this location thing is that, is that these men would be, the, they would be the ones that were going to be leading the charge to reach the world. It's time, right? we got to open it up. So God is calling them. They're literally following Jesus somewhere they don't want to go because Jesus is going, you're going to have to come back here. I'm using you to share my love with these people. All right? So, so we have this moment. Jesus takes us to places we physically don't want to go. Uh, for me, whenever um, I was growing up, I was uh, 16, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to, to Miami, which all you are probably thinking, yeah. Mission trip to Miami, it was, it was, uh, I was super excited about it. It's a really long drive, by the way. But we, we went, and while we were down there, they had a volunteer part of their mission. And uh, they, they, they um, said, okay, you don't have to do this part. We know people are unco- some people are uncomfortable, but they said, we are going to actually be going to a, a home where people who have AIDS, full-blown AIDS, and don't have the... Uh, don't have the money to be able to, to get treatment, stuff like that. This is kind of a respite home, kind of a hospital home for these people. 
if you want to go, you can go. And I remember, I mean, most of us would think it's kind of like modern day leprosy in the sense that whenever you find out someone has AIDS that you're like, uh, I don't know if I want to be around them. I don't know, what if, what if something happens? What if, and I remember being 16 year olds that, that I was worried about and God says, I want you to go. And I was kind of like, God, I don't want to go. I mean, that we're, we're doing other stuff, we're doing good work. God's like, I want you to go. And I ended up going. And I remember it was one of those things I, had, I was praying, God, keep me safe. God, help me to, to reach them. And I remember I got in there, we're playing board games, we're playing charades. We're having a blast with these people who are used to people shunning them. They don't want to touch them. They don't want to be near them. They don't want to be within talking distance, afraid that something may come onto you and you get the disease. But God opened my eyes going, you know what? I love them just as much as I love you, just as much as I love the people you, you, you rode here with, just as much as the people back in your hometown. I love them. So God pushes us out of our, our, loca- out of our, our comfort zone physically so that we can share his love with people. So let's continue on with the story because it gets better, all right? So they get there, um, they, they, they're, they're cutting through Samaria, and they get tired. Jesus is like, I need a break. So they stop, and he takes a seat at a well, okay? So he sits down by well, and the disciples, he looks at him and goes, hey, y'all go buy some snacks, you know, run down to Parker's, get some food, get some stuff to gear back up, and uh, I'm going to be here, so off scurry the disciples, and they're, they're going, they're having to go and interact with Samaritans, which I'm sure they're pumped about. And he's sitting there, it's about lunchtime, it's about noon, and at this time a lady comes to the well, okay? And the, the lady comes to the well, she has her bucket and her rope, and she's ready to draw out water in the middle of the day. Well, Jesus sees her, and he's like, hey, um, can I have a drink? Now, the woman is flabbergasted right? The woman is like, you, you talking to me? And not like, you know, not like you talking to me, you, t- not that kind of talk, but she's like, I, wait, are you sure you're talking to me? Because you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And I'm telling you, the struggle is real. They did not speak to each other. They would not address each other. They, Jews would think that Samaritans weren't even worth talking to, okay? And Jesus is like, yes, I'm talking to you. And she's like, okay, um, I don't know if you know how the rules work, but we don't talk. And Jesus goes, okay, you know what? If you knew what I was giving, if you knew what I had for you, then you would, you would ask me to give you living water. And she's kind of like, say what? Because you know, Jesus said, you know, she, she's like, if you knew what, who you were talking to, you would ask me to give you water. And she looks at Jesus, she notices no pail, bucket, whatever you call it, you know, it doesn't have, it doesn't have that, it doesn't have a rope, the well's deep. How in the world is Jesus going to give her anything? Okay? So this is what, this is what Jesus says in response. This is uh, starting at verse 13. This is one we already read, but I want to read it again. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water, referring to the well they're sitting at, drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink <clears throat> The water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? Imagine if you didn't have to go through the hassle of having to drink water. I don't know, some of you are water drinkers. I'm not a water drinker. Like, I'm a reluctant water drinker. I sit there, you know, if I didn't have to drink it anymore, I would be cool. It would be great. But 
That's, that's not what he's going for here, okay? But listen to what she says. In verse 15, she says, please, sir. This, I feel like, please, sir. Anyway, she's, she's saying, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come out and get water. See, there's something you need to know about this Samaritan woman. There's a reason why she's coming at noon. There's a reason why she's coming at this hot part of the day when no one else is out there. And she's thinking, okay, oh, what, water that I never have to come out in public again? I never have to be ridiculed? I never have to face people again? I want that water. That's what I want. But that's not why Jesus is giving this water. Right, the water he's talking about, this everlasting life stuff, it's not to be kept and hoarded and, and hidden and, and drink and then never come out to see the light of day again. It's something to be shared. So, so Jesus continues the conversation. And this is when it gets awkward. Okay, so this is what Jesus, he sits there and he goes, okay, go get your husband. Go and get your husband. And she goes, um, I don't have a husband. Right? And Jesus goes, yeah, darn right you don't have a husband. You know what? You've had five husbands, and the person you're living with now, they ain't even married to you. You're just living with your boyfriend right now. Side note, have you ever had someone bring out your dirty laundry in public? Right? You ever been a part of that? Where someone starts talking? Usually, parents are the worst about this, by the way. Like you're sitting there, and a parent's with a parent, and you're like, say you're a teenager. This may or may not have happened to me. Um, that they're sitting there and they're talking about struggles and things like that with parenting, which is always great to do around your kids, right? And, and she's sitting there and they're like, oh yeah, man, you know, my child, he's having trouble, you know, with wetting the bed, we're hoping to get out of there. And then my mom, you know, someone's mom may have been like, you know, well, hey, it was only a couple years ago that my child finally gets like, mom, no, come rushing in, how about the Braves game. How about anything other? Let's talk about something else, right? This is, this is the moment that we're, uh, we're picturing. I think we often look at it like, oh, kind of cozy little thing that's happening. Oh, he brings us up. She's No, this is incredibly awkward, incredibly embarrassing, all right? And so she's like, let's change the subject. So here's what she does, okay? So they're talking about this. Jesus hits in on a very personal Thing that she's dealing with and she's like oh cool starting in verse 19 she says this she says sir the woman said you must be a prophet let's talk about anything else so tell me why is it that the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim that place Mount G I'm just gonna go with that where our ancestors worshiped she's like oh let's talk theology right Let's not talk about my personal life. Let's just kind of bring that back. She's changing the subject away from something that she, a place she doesn't want to go. She's looking at herself going, this is not where I want to go. But you know what? The truth is, is that God leads us to places we don't want to go mentally and emotionally. When God comes into our lives, he, when Jesus enters into us, it's not like, okay, well, just all my actions are going to be good, but we don't really need to dive into here. No. Jesus goes, we need to dive into what's going on in here and in here. You know why? Because before we can grow further in our faith, 
But before we can grow further in, in uh, you know, our growth in relationship with Jesus and, and following him wholeheartedly, we have to deal with the things that we are hiding and keeping in our heart. You know, for this woman, I think, you know, we often don't think about what it means. We often think, oh, she's just a floozy. She's a little hussy, you know? Or as they would call back when I grew up, she's a heifer, Right? Don't call a woman that, by the way, for anyone. It's just, that's what they would use for those terms. We often think, well, she's just a promiscuous woman. Well, in all actuality, what this really meant was that more than likely she was a woman who was not able to have kids. And therefore, each, she was being left time and time and time again. She was pretty much worthless. She was so worthless that five previous men had divorced her. Because it's not like she's signing papers for divorce. They can't do that back then. The person who would bring the divorce would be the husband. So she has been left five times, and now the guy that she's with won't even commit to her. And these are, I mean, you can just imagine the pain. And Jesus goes, you know what? We're going to address that right now. For you, for me, it may be something else that we have to, it may be for us like, like maybe it's an addiction that you deal with. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's with alcohol, maybe it's with drugs, maybe it's with your phone, right? Maybe, it, maybe it's an addiction there. Maybe it's for, for you, maybe it's like God going, okay, we need to work on your mind and heart with how you value money and how you put money above me and how you rely on money for peace and things of that nature. Maybe that's the thing that God needs to work on. Maybe it's unforgiveness. So-and-so did something horrible to you before, and you know what? I have trouble loving others because I have yet to deal with that. Maybe for you it's a dark past. Maybe it's like the woman here, that there's something you did in the past that you're like, I don't really want to work on it. I don't want to talk. I don't, you know, Jesus came, and I'm a new person, so we don't need to really know. God wants to dive in. The conversation turns from from just surface to deep. Jesus loves us so much that he doesn't want you to just stay surface level with him. Jesus loves us so much that he doesn't just want us to, to go, okay, well, you know what? You accepted me. Good. Awesome. Just kind of live out your days. Um, you know, just, just you know, be good. Don't steal anything. And, you know, one day just... Just pass away in your sleep and it'll be great. That's what Jesus is not looking at our lives like going, that's what he wants us to do. He's wanting us to go, okay, you know what? I'm turning over everything. Where I go, what I do. You know, I'm even turning over my pain and this, this, this past that's rough. And you know what? What's, what's interesting about it is they get done, they discuss. Um, you know, they come down to the part where, where she's like, well, they're, they're, they're about, you know, getting deep into this theological stuff. And she's like, well, you know, I know the Messiah's coming. And, you know, when the Messiah comes, he'll answer everything. And Jesus is like, here I am, right here. Messiah, right here. Check, please. Right here. That's me. And in this moment, she realizes, she goes, she's, her eyes are open. Wow. Not only has the Messiah come, but the Messiah has come to Samaritans. Not only has the Messiah come to Samaritans, but it's come to a Samaritan woman who has a horrible reputation. Her life is changed 
And what ends up happening by Jesus going to a place that no one in his group wanted to go and talking with a woman that he shouldn't be talking to and diving in deep to issues that this lady had no intention of talking about that day, it results in a woman who goes and, and shares the gospel, shares the love of Jesus with the town that she's in. She's the first missionary to the Samaritans. And I love the line, if you're reading through, I'm not going to read it here, but if you're reading through God's word on it, she goes out and she goes, hey everybody, she's running through the streets. Remember, woman who comes out in the middle of the day not to be seen is running through the streets saying, hey, come, come see this guy who told me everything bad I did. Now I don't know about you, if I heard someone run through the streets saying, hey, this guy knows everything he did wrong, come, I'd be like, nope, I'm good, thank you, thank you, I'll, I'll, send, yeah, I'll send someone else, you go. No, they they noticed a huge change in this woman's life. And thus what happens is a little bit later she goes off like, woo! And she's, she's you know, proclaiming the name of Jesus saying, hey, you gotta come see this guy, you gotta come see this guy. And the disciples come back, okay? They, they come back from, from Parker's with their you know, 89 cents Slurpee drinks. And uh, they're like, Jesus, we got your stuff here. And uh, Jesus is like, no, I'm good. I actually don't need anything. And they're like, who gave him food? Who ran back? I spent 89 cents on this drink. Who brought him food? And he's like, no, the, the food I have comes from above. And while the disciples are all kind of like, okay, they're not sure what's going on, guess what's happening? A flood of Samaritans are coming to see Jesus because this woman is running all crazy through the streets saying, you've got to see this person. And much to the happiness of the 12 disciples, all these people come out, and they end up staying for a couple of days. They don't leave. They park it right there, and they spend a couple of days, and a lot of people in this town come to know Jesus. My question for you today, and my, my, my thought that I want to leave with you is this. Are you going to places? Are you allowing God to take you to places that you don't want to go but he wants you to. Are we allowing God to say, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of scared to go to help in inner city Savannah. But God, if you want me to go, send me. Are we sitting there going, you know what, God? I, I'm a little scared to go back home and talk with my parents about this. Are we stepping into places we don't want to go are we opening our minds saying, God, if you're calling me there, I'll move? There's so often times in life that, that we restrict what God can do in our lives because we say, no, I'm not willing to go there. Maybe for you it's that mental thing. Maybe it's whatever that is, that bad thing that happened in your past, that thing you're holding on to, that thing you're not willing to let go of. And God's saying, I want you to step out of your comfort zone and give it to me so that we can grow and we can be closer together. That's my thought for you. Are we, as the body of Christ here in Richmond Hill, in our, in our church, are we willing to say, God, wherever you lead me, I'll go. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your willingness to go to Samaritans, your willingness to go to those who are unloved, 
your willingness to come to all of us. God, I pray right now that you move in our hearts, that we remove the restrictions, that we take down the fences and walls that we put up, and that we say we'll go wherever you want us to go. God, that we break down the, the walls in our minds and our hearts. God, that we've said we'll never let that go. We'll never be able to do whatever it is. God, I pray that we put those down and we know that with you, everything is possible. And that you may be wanting to use us to reach our neighbors, to reach inner city Savannah, to reach the world, wherever you may be wanting us to go, that you may send us a place that we don't desire to be. God, I pray that we open up our minds and hearts to stepping out of our comfort zone to share your love with the world. In your name, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen.